Thumbs up, Mama, if you can hear me, please. Thumbs up if you can hear me. Okay, I need to take these heads. Ryan, what up? George, what's going on? Alex, what's happening? Welcome to a very special episode of the Positive Impact Podcast where we talk about all topics related to the game that I love. I'm Terrell Dozier, and usually I bring on, a, I introduce a guest to come on my show, but tonight um, I'm going to be doing the talking tonight. Sai, what up, baby? So I wanted to kind of give the people who don't know me an opportunity to to get to know what I do and why it is that I created this positive impact podcast. So the people who know me know the work that I do uh, with children and know everything that I've done with children over the years. <clears throat> so, you know, during this pandemic, just like, you know, everybody else was just looking to see what we were going to do. Um, you know, I, I work at a school. I'm a dean of students at a charter school out here on Long Island. And, you know, I was just kind of sitting around, you know, doing some online stuff with the kids during the day, but didn't really have anything to do after that. So I started watching, you know, on social media and I actually saw Carmelo Anthony talking to Chris Paul. And I thought it was cool that they talked about, you know, just what they were doing during the pandemic and having guests on. So I thought it would be a good idea for me since I couldn't get out and do the work with student athletes live. The question was, how can I get information out to parents and students during this pandemic? And so I used, you know, I used the Instagram live platform to do just that. And what I wanted to accomplish with it was to educate student athletes and educate their parents. So I wanted to get college coaches on. I've had pro coaches on. I've had trainers on. So I want to get all information out there that you you always hear kids ask, you always hear parents ask that, you know, things are a little bit cloudy. So I wanted to get that information out to people, which I think that, you know, we, we're doing a good job and it's and it's growing and everything. But for the people who don't know me, I don't want to I don't want them thinking that Positive Impact Podcast is just a show or that Terrell Dozier is just a host of a podcast and that's all that we do. Like Positive Impact Podcast is under an umbrella of a program called Positive Impact New York. So what is Positive Impact New York? Positive Impact New York is about the student athlete and that's it. So we have three main programs. We have the MAP program, that's M-A-A-P, and that stands for My Academic and Athletic Plan. We have the Bridge program, formerly known as Blackboards and Backboards. And then we also have the Next Level Mentoring program in memory of my friend Gordon Hamilton, who passed away some years ago. 
So let's talk about the MAP program and how the MAP program was birthed. So I'm from I'm from Long Island, New York. I'm from East Hampton, New York, and uh, played basketball growing up. And obviously, I had dreams of wanting to play college basketball, and I had dreams of playing in the NBA. So St. John's was my dream school. St. John's is still my favorite school. And I was hoping that one day Louis Carnesecca would come and sit in my living room and offer me a scholarship. And I would follow in the footsteps of Walter Berry and Willie Glass, all the all the greats that I grew up that I grew up loving. And I had a successful high school career. I played for a legendary coach, Ed Petrie in East Hampton, and my team won the state championship my sophomore year. I played behind a great player, Kenny Wood, who went on to Richmond. And that's when I learned how to be a team player. That's when I learned how to play my role and and wait my turn, so to speak. Um, Scored a thousand points in my high school career, averaged 30 points a game my senior year. So when I used to look in the Street and Smith magazines and stuff, all the top guys were averaging 30 points a game and going to all these phenomenal colleges. And I thought that I would do the same thing. And that was like my first taste of understanding that points don't mean anything when it comes to recruiting. That was my first taste of maybe they don't value basketball in Suffolk County like they do in New York City or other hotbeds of basketball. So... I had one college come and talk to my grandmother, and it wasn't Louis Carnesecca. It was a Division three school upstate New York called Oneonta. Well, I thought I was too good for that. you know. So now I have no place to go to college, and I didn't know what I was going to do next. So in this talk, I'm going to give you a few dummy moments in my life. So my first dummy moment was saying that I wanted to play college basketball, but I didn't take my SATs my senior year. Now, anybody knows there's no way you can get in college without taking SATs because basketball was going to take me wherever I wanted to go, and I didn't know anything about it. So I played a couple all-star games after my um, after my senior year. Um, <clears throat> I did really well against this one kid in his, um, who was from another country, and his host, his host um, father came up to me and said, hey, listen, my kid's going back to his country. Um, he's got a scholarship to go to the University of New Haven. I'm going to call their coach and I'm going to tell him to come and recruit you. you. You you played great. So the coach calls me up and obviously the first thing that he asked me for is my transcripts. I send him my transcripts. Obviously, they don't look good. So. I wasn't able to go to University of New Haven, but he sent me some information on prep school. Now, this is back in 1991. I didn't know anything about prep school, but he sent me information on Cheshire Academy in Connecticut. You know, some guys who, you know, I've heard of from New York City were going there. There was an opportunity to play basketball another year and get my grades together so that I can get recruited. But it was I think it was like eighteen thousand dollars for the year. We didn't have it, you know, what's the next step? And I get this videotape in the mail from St. Thomas More in Connecticut. And we popped in the video. My grandmother and I sat there and looked at it. And these boys were walking down the street with blazers on and shirts and ties. And she said, that's where you're going. 
So I wound up going to St. Thomas More and playing on one of the best prep school teams, arguably in New England history. We're a part of the New England Basketball Hall of Fame. And me playing a role in high school and playing behind a great player in high school allowed me to fit in at St. Thomas More with great players. We had five-star recruits. We had Division One recruits. And, you know, in order to play, I had to do whatever my coach asked me to do. I wasn't the star of the team anymore, nor was I going to be the star of the team. But what happened was I became the most important person on the team. I was the one that everybody looked to for advice. I was the voice of the team. And that's kind of who I am as a person. So coaches are starting to recruit me now. Like this is what it's supposed to feel like. Um, had some Division One looks and thought I made it. You know what I mean? And I remember having a conversation with Coach Quinn and Coach Quinn said, listen, you've been playing really, really good. These coaches are interested in everything. And I'm like, bet I finally made it. Can't wait to tell everybody where I'm going to go to school at. And um, this is where high school came into play. And um, probably at this moment is where the MAP program was birthed because he told me that I didn't take a science class with the lab in high school before I graduated. So I was ineligible to play Division One sports the following year. Obviously, I'm crushed. It's a class that I could have easily taken in high school, but there's different rules. I didn't need the science class with the lab to graduate, but I did need it to to be eligible for a Division One scholarship. So when you're 18 years old, you're not going to blame yourself. I'm going to blame my guidance counselor. And I was pissed at my guidance counselor. You know what I mean? And, you know, why didn't you know? But in retrospect, it's my fault. It's my fault in retrospect. And, you know, it's my fault and it's my grandmother's fault. But my grandmother wasn't going to be interested in anything that I wasn't interested in. And I wasn't interested in in knowing the rules. So I tell kids now when I talk to them, if you're going to be a lawyer, you know you got to go to law school. If you're going to be a doctor, you know you got to go to med school. You know that. So if you want to be a Division One or Division Two athlete, you better know the rules academically in high school and do what you have to do in order to accept that if that happens, because it doesn't happen for everybody. So that's where the MAP program came in. It kind of came my life's mission. I don't want kids to feel like I felt, and I don't think enough kids are educated, and I don't think the parents are educated. So as parents, we're only, we're only into what our kids are into. If our kids are passionate about it, then we're passionate about it. But what happens when our kids aren't passionate about it? We know our kids want to play basketball, right? So we buy them the most expensive sneakers. We make sure they got the LeBrons and the Kyries and we make sure they got $25 elite socks and we make sure they got $300 headphones so that they, that they can't listen to when they play into the game, but we got to make sure that our kids got everything. Are we investing in the most important thing? And that's the academic piece. And that's what the MAP program, that's what the MAP program does. We, we educate parents and we educate kids on the NCAA process, which I feel like is the most important piece to their recruiting journey. And you catch them early. You want to catch them in eighth grade 
before they get to high school so that the parents and the and the student athletes are educated on what they have to do. Now, you might feel like you go to a great school and you got great guidance counselors and they might know. And that might be that might be the case. But I feel a little bit better if I know exactly what's going on. So if they make a mistake, I'm there to catch it and my kid doesn't have to suffer because of it. So a lot of time that's what it's about. So a lot of people will say, hey, listen, you know, our, we got a great school district and my kid gets good grades. And it's not it's just not about that. Educate yourself on that. And we're always here to help um, any student athlete and any parent who wants to learn more about the MAP program. So if you know an organization or if you know any kids who need that type of help or could use that, Please have them reach out. Please have them reach out to me because it's it's super it's super important. Um, this is something that could be done virtually. We already had the virtual we already had the virtual piece to it hooked up already because kids, some student athletes that we work with, don't live locally where I live at. So that that piece was already in place prior to the pandemic. The second program I want to talk about is the Bridge Program, formerly known as my Blackboards and Backboards Program. Blackboards and Backboards was birthed out of the old ABCD basketball camp. And like I said, what's the one thing that's going to get you there? If you advertise a camp where you say, listen, hey, we're going to have people come in and talk about academics, you're probably not going to get the kids there. So we use, obviously, we use basketball as the hook to it. So kids want to come to basketball camp, but while they're there at basketball camp, we're going to now sit you in a classroom also to listen to all these things that help your recruiting journey because it's bigger than basketball. So basketball is what they want. So I'm going to give you what you want so that I get what I want. So they come in, I'd have um, Siena College in Albany because I was living in Albany at the time. I'd have them come in and talk about the, you know, the aspects of the recruiting, the recruiting um, and the NCAA eligibility. And we'd, we'd ask parents to stay too because, you know, it's tough for kids to, it's tough for kids to like sit there and be engaged and, you know, when that's not really what they care about. So we asked the parents to stay so that parents knew about it. So we talked about NCAA eligibility. We talked about building a brand. So we want kids to understand that they're a brand too. No different than this Under Armour hat that I got on. No different than these new Positive Impact t-shirts that I got on. So we want to understand that each individual child is a brand. From the time that you walk into the gym, anything that you do, you're a brand and you're always being watched. So we had somebody come in and we did exercises on building a brand. We had communications people come in and talk to and talk to them about how to give an interview. So we live in the time of we live in the time of communication, you know, technology. So a lot of kids do their communication through a phone. A lot of kids don't look you in. So, you know, what I'm saying like we have to teach kids how to look. You know, look people in their eye when they're giving an interview. All these things are super important. You know, what I mean, when kids are also, you know, they're so used to looking down. Now a camera's on you and they don't know how to speak. All these tools are important to the game of basketball. You're going to have a good game. You're going to be interviewed. So we bought all these differences. We bought strength and conditioning. in. When should a kid start lifting weights? When should, it, you know, kids start taking protein shakes? We wanted to educate and give you all the ammo that's going to help you in your recruiting journey. It's more than just choosing an AAU 
team to play on who goes to the best tournaments and everything like it, it has nothing to do with that. So whether you play EYBL, you play on the Under Armour circuit, you play on the Adidas circuit, whatever, it's not going to work out for everybody. And every AAU program is not giving you the right advice. But they are they are charging you the right price, if you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> so we got the bridge program again. The bridge program for me is for kids in eighth grade that are going into high school. We wanted to come up with a program that could help them understand what's going to happen, because playing middle school athletics is going to be a lot different than high school athletics. So we want them to understand the work, the amount of work, the amount of commitment, the amount of discipline that's going to now go in. If you're looking to play college athletics at the highest level, you got to know the work that goes into it. So we don't want them to wait till they get there. No, we need to be prepared before they get there. So that's what the bridge program does. So we're looking to we're looking to pilot the bridge program this year. But with the pandemic, we got kind of pushed back a little bit. But we want to bring in 20 boys and girls and we want to put this comprehensive program together. And then we want to grow with them as 20s kids throughout the years until they graduate high school. And then each time they go up a year, then then the programs and the workshops get a little bit more serious because you're getting closer to college. Now, most colleges, if you're playing Division One or two, will let you come on campus prior to prior to your freshman year and they get you acquainted that way. They get you acclimated to college. But, you know, I think eighth grade to ninth grade is such a big transition that we want to do something like that for the student athletes so that they're prepared when they get there and the parents have the answers, you know, a lot of the answers that they need as well. So I've told you about the MAP program and I've told you about the the bridge program. If you guys got any questions um, please don't hesitate to put them in the question box. If you put them in the comments, then I kind of tend to lose them because people are logging on. So I want to make sure that I, that I can answer as many questions as I can. So one of the things that I feel like is also important, you know, that we do, and this is where the next level mentoring comes in is at some point, you're not going to be able to play sports anymore. What's your plan B? I didn't have a plan B. You know what I mean? And I'm figuring it out. You know, I'm a lifelong learner. But, you know, like what we want to teach kids is if you make a plan early, like if you have some type of idea, it can go a lot smoother. Now, granted, everybody just can't go straight from A to Z. Some people have to, you know, they have to go off course and come back to really understand what it is that they want to do and to to find their true love. You know, it took me a long time, but I found my I found what I wanted to do. A lot of people can't wake up. You know what I mean? A lot of people wake up and you know, they might not like the job that they go to. I love the job that I go to. I know that I want to impact kids for the rest of my life. I know I want it. I know I want that to be my legacy that we tried to help as many kids as possible achieve their goals and we try to you know we try to arm them with all the knowledge that we that we that we can but that ball's going to stop bouncing at some point so we need to really get into college choice like why are you choosing the school okay and this is this story is going to go into my 
second dummy moment. And, um, you know, out of prep school, I went to New Hampshire College, which is now Southern New Hampshire. Um, Division two, great, you know, great team, had some great teams there. Went to uh, three straight elite eights. Um, you know, growing up, you know, my high school coach and my prep school coach were like fathers to me. Um, this was the first time when I got to college that, you know, my team wasn't tight knit as a whole entire group. So it was kind of new for me. And I, I tore my ACL. I didn't play my freshman year. I redshirted and I didn't feel a part of the program. So it was the first time that I've ever been without basketball, which is tough for a kid. You're not you're away from home. You're not playing basketball and you don't feel a part of the part of the program. You know, I worked my way back from a knee injury. Then I broke my wrist the next preseason. I had to sit out half the season with that. And quite honestly, I had to play when I finally got back. I had to play left handed. So the good thing about that is I grew up playing basketball left-handed and taught myself how to shoot a jump shot right-handed. So if it wasn't for that, then I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be able to, you know, I wouldn't be able to play, but I could use, you know, I could use my left hand and, and, and get through. Um, didn't really get along with my coach too well. You know what I mean? I didn't know how to handle that. Um, you know, I'm three years, I'm three years into college now and it's the second semester of my junior year academically. And I had a falling out with my coach and I left school. And in retro, I didn't have anybody to talk to about it. I don't know if I would have listened to them anyway, but I left, I left school and I said, I'm going to transfer. And, um, the transfer didn't go through. I wanted to transfer to Bryant College in Rhode Island and play with one of my old prep school teammates. And I thought I'd be able to transfer right away and, and start playing the second semester and start fresh. But what I didn't know about transferring is, is when you transfer to another school, not all your credits transfer with you. So that part, I just knew, hey, I want to play basketball. Once again, it was all about basketball. It wasn't about anything else. Here I am three semesters away from graduating and getting my degree three semesters now think about this for a second three semesters away from getting my degree and my transfer to Bryant didn't go through I wound up just leaving New Hampshire College and just started just started working so finally, a couple of years later, you know, what I mean, I get the I get the love back for basketball and I call one of my old assistant coaches up and say, listen, you sending you sending some guys that I know that I was better than you sending them overseas to go play. Get me overseas so I can go make some money. And he said to me, and it's probably the best thing that probably some of the best advice I ever had was go back to school. And get your degree, and then I'll, I'll work on getting you overseas. Not the answer that I wanted to hear. So I went up to this Division three school in New Hampshire called Colby Sawyer. Um, the coach that was there was on the staff at New Hampshire College when I was recruited. And before I got to New Hampshire College, he got the job at Colby Sawyer. So I went up there, and I, I went back to school. Now, remember, I was three semesters away from graduating. Three semesters from getting my degree, I go to Kobe Sawyer and I go from being a second semester junior to being a second semester freshman. I lost two years of credits 
I was basically starting over again. It was like I really didn't go to college in the first place. Dummy move. But I wasn't mature enough to go have a conversation with my coach and just make it about, let me just get out of here and get my degree and leave one year of eligibility on the table because we couldn't get along or who knows, maybe we could have, maybe we could have fixed it and got an understanding. I just wasn't mature enough to have that conversation. I didn't, I didn't really talk to anybody about it, you know, so my two, my high school coach and my prep school coach were like fathers to me. I never called them up and asked them like, what should I do? It was just about basketball. That's it. And that's what we got to stop these kids from believing that, you know, basketball is just going to carry them. It carries some people to heights that they've never been before. But for a majority of them, it's not going to happen that way. It's not going to happen that way. So, you know, but I went to Kobe Sawyer and, you know, I played and my knees were so bad that I couldn't play anymore. I couldn't play my second year and I had to graduate. I was taking 18 credits I was taking 18 credits a semester just to walk with my just to walk with my class. So I had a plan and you know I got through it. I walked with my class. It was great. My grandmother, my family was able to see me walk across the stage and that was in 2000. So I had about 12 credits left to get before I actually earned my degree. Well, it took me another 14 years to get my degree. And don't get and don't get me wrong and don't get me wrong. I've made two of the best decisions that I've ever made in my life. The best decision I've ever made in my life. Two things represent the best decisions. One this ring represents the best decision I made and that's marrying my lovely wife. Nothing nothing can top that. But the second thing that symbolizes the best decision is getting this college degree. And it's just about starting. It's just about starting what you finish. So nobody's asked me since, hey, how long did it take for you to get your degree? I just said, hey, listen, I got a college degree. That's all that really matters at the end of the day. And when talking to kids and the first thing that we preach to kids is education. You got to go to school. You got to go to school. But I didn't want to be that person to tell kids that. And I didn't have my degree. I'm the first in my family to graduate. It was it's it's super gratifying. Um, and I just I loved I loved the way that it, it felt when I got that when I got this degree in the mail. Like, you know, my wife had to work to get a frame for me because I, I just I was so happy and I, I wanted to like just you know, prominently displayed it in my house. I was just so proud of it, man, because my journey was, my journey was so crazy. You know what I mean? As far as thinking like basketball was going to take me to, to new heights, man. And it just, it didn't, you know what I mean? It just wasn't in my cards. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be helping other people, student athletes and parents understand what what the recruiting journey is about. So what I want kids to understand and do is I want you to use sports. I don't want sports to use you. Okay. Know exactly what it is that you want. You're not always going to know right away, but understand the reason why you're there. So we have this whole big thing about got to play D1, got to play D1. And you know what? We got to change that narrative and we need kids just to go to college. Period. 
kids need to go to college. You know, the world is getting tougher and tougher. Like kids need college degrees. So who cares if they play division one or division two or, you know, or division three, you know, we got to tell kids all the time. Like if you're a pro in any sport, they'll find you. They'll find you. They're not just finding them at Duke University for basketball. They're not just finding them at Alabama for football. They're not just finding them at Texas or LSU for baseball. Like if you're a pro in any sport, they're going to find you. Get your education. You're there to get your education. You know what I'm saying? And I've talked to some guests on here lately and They've left school early. You know, I've talked to Terrence Rencher, who played basketball at Texas, came back and got his degree. Talked to Kareem Reed at the University of Arkansas, came back and got his degree. TJ Ford came back to Texas, got his degree. God Sham God comes back to Providence, gets his degree. My boy James Thomas, man from Schenectady, I'm so proud of him, just got his college degree today. Left school his junior year, left Texas his junior year, played some years in the league, went overseas. We talked about it. He went back and got his degree just today from the University of Texas. So it's about starting what you finish and understanding again that sports is not going to always last you forever. So I got a question in here, and I want to make sure I get to this question. Um, so Murray.Senior21 says, very interested in getting me to come up to Rockland and talk about the bridge program. Would love to. Would love to. Reach out to me in my, um, in, in my DM. And um and we can definitely we can definitely get that done either in person or we could talk about doing that um doing that virtually. So if we have any parents on here, um, you know, we have to talk about, you know, their you know, their role in it, you know, as well, you know, and and things that are going on right now with kids. So recruiting is a little bit different now than it was when when I was coming up, you know what I mean? And Technology has really changed the game. You know what I mean? So I know for me, the role that I played in knowing how to be a team player, I knew that when a coach came to a game, they knew for me when it came to Terrell Dozier, like he's a guy we would love to have on our team. He dives on the floor. He sets screens. He takes charges. He's a he's the anchor of a defense. We would love to have him. He doesn't need the ball. He's not going to be a he's not going to be a problem. They knew that. But there was no social media pages for me. I didn't have an Instagram in 91. I didn't have a Twitter. I didn't have a Facebook page in 91. I don't know what would have happened. You know what I mean? If I was a kid, like I don't know the things I would have posted online that maybe could have turned some of them could have turned some of them off. Um, you know, would I have been in my coach's office every day if every time I looked on social media, some kid who I got the best of the other day is going to this college and nobody's calling for me. You know, I don't know how that would have I don't know how that would have went. So my recruiting was just about me. Um, my advice to parents like with with that you know, with the social media is monitor your kids' social media. Like really, like some of the things that they say and that they do, people are people are watching them, you know, at all times. And I think kids need to know that. And that goes along with that goes along with their brand. You know what I mean? Like 
the people who you hang out with, the company that you, you know, the company that you keep, you know, people are watching that. Whether you're a boy, whether you're a girl, they're watching those things. And I just think it's important that we teach kids how to be responsible with social media. That's the key. It's not about taking social media away because social media can be used for so many good things, but it's really educating the kids on how to be responsible on how to use their platform on social media. So parents play a role in all of that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, finding an AAU program, you know, it's really about, you know, trying to get exposure. And I definitely understand that. But, you know, kids play for so many different programs. Parents leave, parents leave programs for so many reasons. We got to, we got to really start having honest conversations with our kids about their level. And if you're a parent who doesn't understand the game enough to be able to honestly assess your child, then, you know, I'm not saying that it's easy, but we need to be put into a place where we're not about the name. So what I'm, excuse me, what I mean is if you're the 15th person and you never play, but you're on an EYBL team, are you on this EYBL team because you got money and you can help the other kids? Is that better for you than maybe playing on a team that you're going to get a lot of playing time in and therefore the coaches can see what you can do? Maybe, maybe not, because maybe that 15th person on that Nike team might get the scholarship that the kid doesn't get. But you never know. So if you're in the right program, then Nike, EYBO, Under Armour, Adidas doesn't really it doesn't really matter. So you really got to do your research on it and then understand that because a team is good for one kid or a few kids, it might not necessarily be good for yours. So much money goes into it. You know, you got to pay the fees. You got to you know, you got to travel. You got to feed your kids. You got to do this and that. A lot of money goes into it. So what happens when. For, you know, your child's been playing travel basketball, travel lacrosse, travel baseball since the fourth grade. You put seven or eight years into travel sports. Now, that's just being on a team. So, you know, spent 50 grand just being on a team for the last eight years. Now we now we got trainers. We done spent about twenty five thousand dollars on trainers. Because they said I need, they said I need a trainer. They said I got to be on this AAU team. They said I got to get a trainer too. Okay, so I'm gonna put this money in the training. Because what you're hoping is maybe the hundred thousand dollars that or whatever that I've spent can save me money down the line with the with a scholarship that damn near is gonna be a million dollars after four years. So that's the investment, but that's the chance that you're willing to take. However. If your kid does the right thing in school, you're going to save that money regardless. Don't burn your child out. Make sure your kid is happy at all times. I think that gets lost in the business of it because just think about it. When you're playing sports in fourth grade, it's so cute that your kid is out there and they're playing and they're, they're having so much fun. Remember that fourth grade child. Remember that fourth grade child. When they're in 10th grade, 11th grade and going to their senior year, do they still look the same way on the court that they did in fourth grade? Are they still smiling? Are they still loving the game or has the game become a business now? And not just for the kid, but for you, too, because it's your money. 
Those are the things that we have to think about. What are we doing it for? Are we doing it for ourselves or are we doing it for the kid? Now, if your kid wants it bad enough, then give it to him. But if your kid don't want it, then don't keep giving it to him. Talk to your kid and see what they want to get out of this basketball, football, or whatever. What do they want to get out of it? Maybe they don't want to be at the level that you want to go to. Have these talks every year so that you're not just throwing money away. Talk to that kid every year. Are you sure this is something that you want to do? Why do you want to do it? Are you doing it for mom and dad or is it for you? I'll put everything I got into you if you're with it. If you're with it. As long as you want to do it, then I'll do it. I don't ever want you to do it for me or your mom. You understand what I'm saying? And we have to have those conversations. If you see your kid is out there and he's not as good as the other kid, you got to have that conversation with your kid too. Hey, listen, you know, yeah, we're not going to do, we're not, you know, we're not going to do as much, you know, maybe we'll put some in the training, but we don't need to be on, you know, we don't need to put you on this team. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that team doesn't fit you. We have to be, and then we have to be okay with that. Our kid might not be the best on the team. We got to be, we got to be okay with that. So I got another question up in here. Let me let me look at these questions. So my man Plato Brown, my man Abdul says, in that pandemic in the pandemic, how do you recommend parents deal with getting college exposure for their child? So, you know, like I said on here, I've had like a ton of college coaches. And um, you know, what they say is you have to, you know, you gotta send you got to send the game film. I, I don't think anybody really has the 100% answer. We've never, ever been in a time like this where there's no there's no AAU. We already knew what it was. All right, we're going to play in April. We're going to play in July. There is none of that now. So now it's kind of back to the old ways where we had to send videotapes to schools. And, you know, a lot of schools don't really, to me, in my opinion... How can you fairly assess a kid if you send a highlight tape or whatever, right? You're only highlighting what they do good as opposed to them seeing you live and seeing you do good, but also see how you deal with making mistakes and stuff as well. So I think the only way to do it right now, honestly, is to send a highlight tape or send game film. Is that going to work? It might and it might and it might not. You know what I mean? Like we really need, we really need travel basketball to come back, but not at the safety of our, at the safety of our kids. Um, I talked to, you know, Coach Quinn at St. Thomas More and he's got so many, he said the, the prep school, prep school is going crazy right now because kids are losing that year of, you know, losing this spring and the summer of exposure. So they're trying to go to prep school so that they can get a year of exposure before, you know, before choosing choosing a school. So I think that's, you know, I think that's the only way right now to do it. It's not the best way, but, um, you know, it is what it is. Pinnacle basketball, we can set up a meeting anytime you want, man. Just DM me after the show and, and we'll hook it up with the, you know, whatever the best way is to um, get to your, you know, to get to your student athlete and parents. So that's the, you know, that's the thing with, that's, who positive impact New York is. Um, and again, we want to get as many kids involved as possible. This is why, you know, we're constantly trying to raise, you know, we're constantly trying to raise money so that we can get more kids um, involved with our MAP programs. So, you know, we usually charge a, a family $25 a year 
or a hundred dollars for their whole high school career. And what, and what we do is we sit down with them early. Um, we go over all the rules and regulations. We tell them what we have to do. And then we ask the parents to send us their kids final report card every year. And what we do is we, you know, we put an NCAA worksheet together that will highlight all your core classes, what your core GPA is, and where you sit on the NCAA sliding scale. So what this does is, again, it's one less thing that the family has to has to worry about. So again, we talked about your fee on a yearly basis might be 1500 to 2500 just to be on the team, not including your travel or whatever. I think $25 a year for the most important piece to your recruiting, I think that's a worthy investment. But again, you know, I'm not here to tell people what to do with their money. It's just my thought process because you'll pay $25, like I said, for a pair of Nike socks. You'll make sure that your kid got all the body armor gear that goes underneath with the padding and everything. You'll put everything into that. I know I know guys with tank tops and jean shorts back in my day that got college basketball scholarships and played in the park. So, you know what I mean? It's it's really about what you value and what you think. And like I said, I just don't want parents to feel like the only answer is my kid gets good grades and we got a good school. That's it, that's not it, you know. Where I came from, I came from a, a good school district, but you know what? My guidance counselor didn't know. That's the bottom line. So I'd rather my student athletes and my parents know just in case a mistake happens. Because you can be a, a, a 90 average student, and that's great. And you take you take a class that's easier for you, but it's denied by the NCAA. Now you screwed up. Nobody cares about your 90 average. Now you got to figure out a way to hustle and make up that one class prior to. So know the rules. And I think that's what's super important about it. Don't just make it about my kids a, a good student. You know what I mean? Don't make it about that. Like be sure because what you don't want to happen is what happened to me and the offers be there and you can't accept it. You know what I mean? It's one thing to be prepared and it's like, okay, well, you know, my game didn't, my game didn't pan out. You know what I mean? I'm not a division one or division two. My point is you were prepared. So what the MAP program does is I don't guarantee that your kid is going to get a scholarship. That's not what we do. That's up to the kid and chance and, you know, the man up above looking down on you. But what I guarantee is if you follow the plan that we do and you do get offered a Division One or Division Two scholarship, you're guaranteed that you'll be eligible to accept it. And I think that's the most important piece. A coach comes in and looks at your transcript and say, where are you at with the clearinghouse? You should be able to let them know right away. You should already know that. You shouldn't be like, oh, let me ask the guidance counselor. You should already know because we're in we're in contact and you know everything that you need to know already. I think I got another question right here or comment. Does my organization work with the guidance counselor of the student athlete school? Great question. So what I find, what I find, what I find that's hard, again, is when somebody like me comes in and says, hey, listen, we want to do X, Y, and Z, you know, with your athletic department or, you know, with your student athletes. A lot of schools, honestly, don't want to appear like they don't know what they're talking about. 
that's my biggest obstacle. So do they want somebody like me coming up in there and saying, hey, listen, and make them look like they don't know what they're doing? They don't really want that. You know what I mean? So that's been my biggest obstacle where for me, I'm just a supplement to what you're doing. I'm part of by bringing me in. I'm making you look good by bringing me in because, you know, we all know whether you're a parent, whether you're a coach at some point, you're going to say something to a kid and it's going to go in one ear and out the other. Or it's going to be white noise. But the minute somebody else says the same thing because it's a different voice, it can resonate a little bit differently than what you're doing. But I found that's been my biggest obstacle. I would love to work with guidance counselors. I would love to work with schools. Like I've even had um, problems with kids who I work with and parents give permission to say, hey, yeah, talk to the guidance counselor. It's tough to do that. You know, they don't they don't want they don't want to do that at all. They don't want to do that at all, because, like I said, it makes a guidance counselor look like they don't know what they're doing and maybe they don't. But, you know, we want to we want to educate, you know, we want to educate as many people as possible. So I would love to I would love to do that. I would love to do that. So um, I'm going to wrap this up, um, you know, pretty soon. But like I said, man, I wanted to just give the people out there who who know me from the Positive Impact podcast and, you know, enjoy the guests that I usually have on. But I wanted to explain to you who I am you know, as the as the host of this and what Positive Impact um, New York is all about and where the Positive Impact podcast was birthed from. So, like I said, please go to my website, www.positiveimpactny.org and, and see the good work that we're doing. Um, would love to talk to any of you who would like to get involved with, you know, how we can reach more, how we can reach more kids. Um, like I said, you see, we got these new T-shirts. These The proceeds from these T-shirts go to our, you know, go to our program and getting more kids to being able to reach more kids. You know, there's going to be some kids who can afford it. There's going to be some kids who, who can't even afford the fee. So we want to, we want to try to raise as much money as possible so that we can scholarship the kids. Like, you know, no kids should go without, no kids should go without knowing and no family should go without knowing how to help get their kids to where they want their kids to go and, you know, get the right type of advice you know, what I mean, that I don't think that everybody gives out, but, you know, it can't be again. It can't be about Division One. It can't be about Division Two and screw Division Three. Some great schools out there like your kid needs to be graduating from college. You know what I mean? Like that's that's my bottom line right here. The What's the way to get my kid to college? That's. That's the only question that I want the answers to is how to get my kid there. So if my kid were to come to me and like basketball, 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 I care about it, but I don't care about it. But I'm somebody who's going, but I'm somebody who's going through it. You know what I mean? And, you know, basketball or football or baseball, it's not going to last you forever. You know what I mean? Like we really need to start setting these kids up for success after, after sports. And I think it's important. Networking is important, which this has done for me, too. We got to get kids to understand, like, when you meet somebody, you don't know what this person can do for you. So you want to make a good first impression on on people. You know, 
You're going to burn bridges sometimes, but you try to minimize that because you don't know what type of doors can open for for you if you do the right thing by, you know, by people. Just, you know, the way that you help somebody or whatever, you know, you never, like I said, you never know who's looking. When I'm on here, I never know who's watching. So, you know, I make sure that I try to carry myself in a certain way so that people who don't know me at all, when they come on here and they tune in to my, to my shows, they're tuning in because they like what I'm bringing to the table. So I just wanted to give a personal, a personal look into who I am and what my organization is about. And like I said, you guys follow me on Positive Impact NY on Instagram. Hit me up anytime with any questions or anything, and I, I'll be glad to I'll be glad to answer them. You know, this is my, you know, this is my passion. You know, we want to see kids, we want to see more kids succeed, you know, not just in sports, but outside of sports as well. And, you know, we want kids to be conscious of of everything that's going on around them. So I thank everybody for coming on and, and listening to me tonight. Um we'll be back on we'll be back on Monday with um with Reggie Freeman, seven o'clock. I look forward to seeing you and I, I look forward to talking to you and help help make positive impact grow. All right. Everybody have a good night. God bless. <laughs>